Welcome to I Don't Know Shit. I'm Josh Johnson, a host of I Don't Know Shit, and I do not know shit about special education. So today I had Sophie Johnson here to talk with me about it. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate your time. I like being here. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I really like it. What What exactly type of special education did you teach? Well, uh, I taught kids who had emotional and behavioral disturbances and post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay. But also other types, you know, every education is special, I think, because every person should be treated like an individual. Uh, It's just that we don't have the budget. So I got into the field where there was a little more money to kind of love the children more Mm -hmm. in a not creepy or illegal way. Yeah. And do you, whenever you were teaching, like how, because you used art, right? I love, ooh, good. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I used, <laughs> I did uh, arts integrated social emotional learning. How's that? Does that sound, that sounds professional, doesn't it? That sounds like the same acronym that SHIELD would use, but just a different word. Yeah. Like, that's a long. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how to short. Here's the shorter version. It's, uh, I, the, I let the kids uh, throw paint at the wall if they were angry. Mm-hmm. That was longer what you said, though. But it's but you understand it more, I think. That's true. Yeah, I think I I understand. Yeah, this is also Phil White, the producer of I Don't Know Shit, on with me to Hi, Phil. talk with Sophie, okay, so that I can learn things. Hmm. It's uh, it that seems that seems really tough because I already look at teachers who are just like a fourth grade teacher. And mm. they're like, I what teach. What are you doing looking at all these teachers? I ring them up sometimes at work. Oh, I yeah. see Tinder. Yeah, Tinder's a big There are help. a lot of teachers in Chicago, let me tell you that. There are a ton of teachers on Tinder, too. Yeah, and they're, they're you know, because what are they, they got to teach and they got to relax. Yeah, they got to get. They, but you know, there's, and you're a man on Tinder, and I think you're swiping for women is my guess. Yeah. And the women dominate the teaching field. We have no one to date at school there's there's no other men who are ever teaching really those men who are teaching are knee deep really in, it, you would in the tail? Yeah. are you are you sure well it does de- it depends if the guy is not dateable then he mm-hmm. you don't date him but any like you you in a first grade teacher's uniform would just be smelling like puss there's yeah, a first grade up. teacher's uniform. Yeah. There's a first grade teacher's uniform yeah, that like, could be covered in vaginas. No, with. no. It's like a 1999 American Eagles Outfitters, like button down shirt and a pair of wrinkled khakis. Does anybody wear a suit jacket anymore with the patches on the shoulders and the elbows? Yeah, those first year Teach for America teachers, they'll put that stuff on. That's awesome. Is it? Is it a incestuous or do you usually just date a teacher and then that's i dated every teacher starting in when i was in high school (laughs) 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 just kidding i only dated one in high school i dated all Uh uh, all the teachers at the elementary school (laughs) oh really (laughs) that were eligible i wonder if any of that bled into the lesson that like that frustration post breakup no i don't get frustrated i always do the breaking up oh no i meant them i meant meant them the whole time (laughs) 
know, they should be able to handle it. Yeah, I I find a lot of frustration bleeds into like when I talk to my uncle about anything, uh-huh. it will eventually be about his divorce. Like it, like it. Well, like, it says a lot about your uncle. Yeah, and it and it's he'll be trying to fix the roof, and he'll be like, "Fucking goddamn gutters taking all my money," and it's like I don't think they're that expensive. I think you're talking about Aunt Ruth. I think that that's what that has turned into. Your aunt's name is Ruth? No, no, but I just said a fake name in mm. case you'll get mad. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, we'll change it in post anyway. We'll yeah. bleep it out. Yeah. We'll bleep out the fake name, too, because in case she's like, right. mm, my name rhymes with Ruth, which it this name doesn't. Um, I Now I'm just trying to cover my ass yeah, for yeah. having... We have too many layers of covering our own ass in this podcast. There's too much redundancy. Yeah. I think... Either either to way, go back to the government-funded education redundancy. Is it a problem? Uh, what you want in know. the education system? You need it. What you work with the children in CPS? I uh, no, 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 no. no. This I was could New talk Orleans. a little bit about that, but I don't know enough. But I, they, but I'm, but I stand with the hunger strikers. Does that does that make me have a political opinion? Oh, I don't know anything about I, this. Kind of. Yeah, I think all I know is uh, all I know is that they were having those meetings. <clears throat> and then, like, they basically kick Rahm Emanuel out of one of them, and then now they're trying to save this one school that, like, is actually a good school, and he's trying to shut it down right. or something like that. Chicago is not a fully chartered school system, and New Orleans is. Mm-hmm. And that just charters sort of, like, uh, public-private hybrid. It's sort of like a car that can fly. Well, I'm making it sound a lot better than it is. It's sort of like... A car without wheels. <laughs> so it, so it, that, so it, so it, that like it, someone intended to let it fly, but it uses a lot of gas. So it's a chair that can fly with gas. I, you know, let's just ditch the analogy. Okay, that's let's totally to fine. Yeah. Is it better there or here? Uh, well, I have never taught here, but I think that my opinion is that yes, it's better for there not to be a fully chartered education system because it's pro- it's all basically all private. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's free, but it 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 kind of increases segregation um, in a lot of ways. But you know, uh, here it's big, and there's still some public schools, and then there's some private ones, and there's some chartered ones. And I like how messy it is, and I like and we don't have a union in New Orleans. There's a union in Chicago. What's the difference between a charter school and a private school? Okay, so a charter school is publicly funded. So uh, you, let's say you, Josh, are nine, nine years old, and there you are. You're ready to go to school, and you have, but you, oh no, you have no money, and it costs fifteen thousand dollars to go to the Saint Catholic school down the road, which is the best education you can get. Well, lucky for you, Josh Johnson, you can go to a charter school. You gotta put your name in. in big hat and if you get your name drawn out of it then congratulations you get to go to the to that school uh or you know originally charter schools started because they wanted to create a like sort of special learning environment for people who learn in kind of specific ways but now it's sort of turned into this way for businesses to non-profit businesses for the most part although there are for profit charter schools but like non-profit businesses to bring uh, in people and say, oh, this is our, this is our, this is our school, and we, but we operate under just our government body. So your school is like, 
uh, is like Italy, you know, mm-hmm. and the, uh, and the other school down the road that's like Germany. It had, they have totally different governments. I guess I shouldn't have picked two EU ones, but you know, they have totally different. They have completely different laws. They are their own entities mm-hmm. uh, under like a public school system. On the other hand, like there's a big giant government, like think the United States with all these states, and mostly the schools don't make the rules, the big rules for themselves. There's like a there's like a there's an, an overarching oversight rule. Mm-hmm. We don't have a public school system in New Orleans, so there's really no governing body saying all schools have to, you know, not have the kids uh, shoot each other. Okay. <laughs> That's totally allowed if the if the charter company says that it is, although mm-hmm. you'd have to deal with the, 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 the real law. Yeah. <laughs> like, actual, not school law. Like, the governing law. Yeah, but, like, you can decide, a lot of charter schools decide, oh, on Wednesday we're going to let the kids out at noon. Mm-hmm. Or, like... Oh, you know, we're just gonna take off a couple. We're gonna take off two weeks for snow. So charters are like monastery-ish, like like just like they work just like private schools, but they get public money. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. But there's and there's no God at the school. There might be, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, but don't talk about it in the building. Right. No. Yeah. So it's sort of like a secular church. Where mm-hmm. everyone works for children who don't shoot each other. Yeah. At the school. You're big on you're I mean, you're big on the shootings and I feel like that's because you've seen a lot of them. Like <laughs> Yes, like I you. stand around trying to catch a shooting. Like no, just just <laughs> I mean, you were around phone out. <laughs> I'm always right. In New Orleans, um when a lot of the violence was happening. I mean, it's still happening, right? Is that Doesn't it happen here too a lot? It yeah, happens here, but it's like years. It's so it's so concentrated Is though. That true? It's like very no no, no yeah. not at yeah, all. Like that's that's <laughs> was a total years joke. Had like twelve hundred murders. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So uh, I I I don't personally witness a whole lot of gun violence, but my students were very affected by gun violence, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I there's a statistic that I'm going to get wrong that says something like it's, it's a like 90% of the kids in new Orleans have uh, seen a dead body or something. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's 90%. It's either 90% or 95. It's 90 so, or higher. Mm-hmm. So it's, and that's, those are kids. And I don't know, it's just a crazy thing to think about. Like that affects you quite a lot. So it, yeah, that has a huge impact. Mm-hmm. So who makes the rules at the charter school? The, the charter organization it actually works like a more uh, more like a business than anything else. There's usually a CEO of the charter organization, right. and let's say his name is Daniel. Uh, Daniel uh, kind of gets together this board, and yeah, the board sort of has deep pockets, and they all gather in the library, and they sort of say, "Oh, oh um, this is what the school is going to be." And some of those charter organizations have really nice ideas. In practice, it it. It's tough because a lot of kids end up at bad schools, and uh, just by the nature of the game, there's just a lot of kids end up bad at great schools. And so, would do you think it would have been a different experience? Because you taught at a charter school, right? There's nothing else. Yeah. Right. So, like, do you think it would have been a different experience teaching, trying to teach what you taught at a private school? Or well, or is private there schools are almost all religious, like uh, with the exception of like Montessori schools and. Um, what do you call it? Wa- the one that's a salad? Waldorf. Waldorf. Waldorf yeah. schools. Um, 
So I, I, yeah, I mean, those schools are very like, oh, this is what the school is gonna is gonna be like. We're gonna talk about God and in one class or Montessori school is like every child gets to play with a pot of clay for three hours and that will connect them to their you know aura um, and the Waldorf schools are like we're gonna have song time today and yeah. what else nothing just only song time and those are those so yeah the experience would have been different mm -hmm. and charter schools at in New Orleans by and large are sort of these achievement gap closing institutions where the aim is like college readiness, and the idea is kids who come from low-income backgrounds go to these schools, and they get they really are rigorous, and there are no excuses, and they have to, to learn to take a lot of tests, and that way they're gonna they're gonna go to college and be really successful. The charter school I worked at was was lovely. I had a really nice time. I was so lucky. I really liked the principal there, and I thought it was great. I have no, I cannot say a mean thing about that school. Mm -hmm. It was really like my family. But that isn't true of all of the charter schools in sure. in the city. And a lot of them are really yucky. Truly yucky. And uh, Who decides where the school goes? Well, that's such a fun question. A lot of, what do you mean? Like who, I mean, where like, the building goes? Like, yeah, like literally where the building is. Because they obviously they probably had a public school system at one point. A lot of not. those public school build all of the public school buildings except for the ones that sort of were were deemed too mold infested, like reopened they eventually. Were re rebuilt. As a charter school. Yeah, there were trailers for a long time and then they were re, re yeah, new leadership, reopened, restructured, whole new So it's basically just rich people come in and say this we're gonna kind of buy this building turn it into a school type of thing no that's oversimplifying it's 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 it gets complicated because right. it's like the the money is really coming from the government and there's this there's these sort of initiatives to like get the kid the idea is we want kids to do better on tests and uh, all these different charter organizations kind of feel like they know what it will take to get kids to do better on tests. So it's mostly white people who come into mostly communities of color, and they have mostly are not from there. And th these are just sweeping generalizations. Sure. And there's a do-goodiness to it, and also you can make CEOs of charter schools make a shit ton of money. You make a bunch of money. So it's a great, like, oh, I do good work, and I'm going to make a lot of money. And then they, they ship in young white kids right out of college and they pay them very little and they give them not enough training and they say get the kids to pass the test and there's more to it but like that that basic like underlying message is these children like we need them to pass the test because that's how we can measure that they're not falling through the cracks and that that's mm -hmm. sort of what it, the you know, it's all very numbers oriented it, so i i went to a public school in uh where? Suburb, obviously ohio ohio uh, it was and it was a great school um and it functioned very much like that, and which is because my big disconnect is what is the real difference between the public school and the charter school? And it seems to me like the real difference is uh, there's no union. Oh in no! Schools. Well, let me ask you some questions about your school. Yeah. Did you get to talk during lunch? Yeah. Did you ever get to talk in the hallways? It was discouraged, but yeah, we did. Um, did you have to walk on colored line tape with your hands behind your back, one hand no. behind your back, and a finger on your lip? No. Um, th these are like very typical 
disciplined practices in the post no child left behind sort of universe and um and so i'm talking like kindergarten the kids like a third of the year are literally taking like they're bubbling and they're they're five like bubbling in sheets so i also went to a public school and uh and the, so the union, that's that's a, that's a whole other. That's like a it totally just seems to me like the the charter organization is functions almost the same way, but doesn't have to follow the same rules. That's what it seems like to me. And it seems like the government is trying to get away from paying pensions to these people who have been teachers for their whole life, and that they can start a charter school system and eliminate money coming out of the government coffers and just give it to charter school runners, basically white people. Right. Well, that's true. That is a big. That is a big di- difference. Yes, cor- cor- that's true and correct. I think there's also sort of like that. That there's that level of yes, the teachers. Uh, everything you just said is true. Then there's sort of when your teacher workforce is primarily young white kids out of college. And maybe white is the wrong word. Like young kid, young, young mm-hmm. new teachers. You can te- you can tell them to teach any way that you want. So you have you basically have these blank slates. Like you you can say like this is how you teach. You have to teach this way. And teachers don't have the same kind of autonomy as they once had. And so the kids aren't getting the same kind of education that they once got for better or for worse. You know the argument made is like oh there's these teachers who are really bad and they just sleep and hand out chips and uh you know they let the kids watch movies every day and like the union's protecting these people that they don't want to be teachers they're terrible people get these like bright young kids in there but they i i just speak from my own experience i i didn't know what i was doing someone told me how to teach and i was so young when i started teaching like i thought that's what you had to do and i really think my students suffered a great deal from my like lack of knowledge around, around were you intimidated to get into teaching because like the the way i look at teachers and teaching in general is like oh i don't know enough about a thing on any particular subject to tell someone about it for even half a year like i like when i look at i mean it's one of the reasons i started this podcast is like when i look at my general knowledge of things it's like i read a lot i talk to a lot of people i try to be a good listener but like, and maybe it's just a confidence thing. But I truly don't think I know enough about anything to tell someone well, with authority. That's what books like, are for. You can just look at. You can say, "Oh, my first year teaching." Mm-hmm. I, so I was an English major because if if you in the podcast universe you can't see me, but I look like a girl who was an English major, <laughs> and I am from Portland, and I look like I'm like a Portland a girl from Portland who majored in English, and like I guarantee you, the thing you're picturing is correct. Um, and the, I got assigned to, to teach high school science, like biology, like endoplasms and fucking like reticula. Mm-hmm. And I had no, I didn't even barely pass that in high school. But then, you know, just use the textbook. I mean, that's a good example of why I should, how fucked up the school <laughs> system was. But I learned, you, you didn't just use a book. So I, you got assigned, it wasn't like you were like, I'm going to be this teacher. Oh, man. So my experience, and I've heard it's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I did Teach for America. I now think there are, I think Teach for America is not, mm-hmm. has a lot of, I, I don't always say that I did Teach for America. It's not my proudest accomplishment in my life. But 
there's a lot of great people doing great work for that organization. Okay. They put me through five weeks of training in Tempe, Arizona, which is a totally different population than New Orleans. Like these right. are, it's an entirely immigrant population pretty much we were working with. And like they were very, very well behaved and there's just an English barrier. I worked with six-year-olds teaching first grade <laughs> and then got to New Orleans and sort of they take you through the interview process and nowhere took me and I was one of the last people to get placed and I got placed in like <coughs> we're gonna have you teach special education for overage high school kids with a concentration in science <laughs> and I had had I had had literally no nothing no training at all in that field whatsoever like nothing I knew nothing about about that oh my god and it was fine I s it was really hard I yeah, it was it was not I was not good at it. But you get up and you do, do it every day because mm -hmm. you have I mean, like you have to do it. So you get up and you do it. Then that school closed. So I got m to move to this sort of shiny. Nice. So when did you eventually get to do the work that you and that you really enjoyed? Which is yeah. when, I, when how long did that take? Uh, I started wor doing arts integration with kids who have emotional disabilities um, when I was about the three years ago. Oh, so okay. and that so that was about f five or six years into my teaching career, uh, mm -hmm. and I that was great, but also hard. Also, middle I taught some middle school. Middle school is the who d those people should get paid thirty times what like professional mm -hmm. athletes get paid. That is the hardest job. Yeah. Middle schoolers are the worst people. I was incredibly Earth. unlikable in middle school. You and every was, other thirteen-year-old. I w but I remember that better. Like, like when my mom tells me that I was a dick as a baby, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Whoops. Like, I'm sorry you got you know. And my mom is very kind to me. She's not saying these things specifically, but when she relays the story back to me, I'm like, oh, a dick did that. And so <sighs> then I'm, I think about it, I'm like, yeah, she did get up early on her day off to watch me have asthma playing soccer. That's that's what happened for five years in a row. Some of that was her decision because she wanted me to play sports and be social and stuff. But I remember in middle school actually being a monster, like actually because I felt like the world had lied to me. I wasn't I, I was black and like went to this like all white school and like wasn't sure. I like I half wanted to be what all the other kids my age expected me to be. And then I half wanted to be this like this like weird Neil deGrasse Tyson that doesn't know anything about anything. And then uh, I ended up just being a kid with an afro. Like that's that's where I ended up in the in that's not even in the middle of the spectrum. That's still leaning more towards the like expectancy, but also being weird. And I was brutal. I was like, cause I was also tiny, so I couldn't fight. So my way of fighting was being mean. And I was like really good at being mean. I was like, I'd roast the shit out of anybody. And it got me beat up, but it still scarred them forever. Like they still think about the things I said to them, which I look back on now and I'm like, I should have left it alone. Like I should have. Oh, I would say that's a win. Ugh, is it? I would I say I carry that shit with me every day. Like I was like <laughs> I was I wasn't mean to teachers. Teachers liked me a lot. Teachers were actually probably my only friends. Uh, for <laughs> that's what you thought. We we lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like it's like I was probably they probably see me be shitty and were like, ah, I'm being nice to him because he's he's the only one. He needs um, somebody. Yeah, and so like you know, eighth grade I got a little better, and by like 
I didn't I I don't even think I became half a person until senior year of high school. So like yeah, I agree, totally agree with what you're saying about paying junior high teachers the most money because like even even a college professor is like oh you guys like don't have to come if you don't want to like some of them like i went to a private school that was big on attendance and even the teachers thought that was dumb so they were like oh you don't i mean like i'm not gonna i don't give, I don't give a fuck just go ahead and come if you want to come don't if you want and then i'll give you the test don't miss the test i don't care you know and co- and they get paid way more than people who are like don't stab the kid next to you in the eye with that pencil. I know he called your mom a bitch. Your mom's a bitch. You know, like, like I, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's horrifying. Like, the money thing is always funny to me, um, because it makes sense to pay teachers a lot, but at the same time, I had so many horrible teachers. What made them horrible? I never learned one thing. They didn't care, and they didn't care about the students' learning. They taught. Uh, basically just so they could check it off some standards list and they would time and time again say they didn't care about the students and they couldn't wait to leave that's so sad to me to hear that because i i you can't stop there you can't stop bad teachers from existing just like you can't stop bad politicians from existing or bad business people or bad artists or just like any anything anything someone chooses to do uh, you know, there are going to be bad versions of that. But I also, in my you know time teaching, I met just so, I met so few teachers who didn't care. I met a lot of teachers who weren't necessarily effective um, in with that because you can't be effective with everybody. But the, but they mostly really really wanted to do well and like really loved kids and wanted to teach. And uh, and it should be like one of the highest paid professions in the world. It should be really hard to get a job as a teacher. It should be like um, something that everyone wants to do and that people go to school for four years to learn how to do. Like in, there are places like Singapore and Sweden where like being a teacher is like being a doctor as it should be. It's really difficult. I have been doing it for nearly a decade and I am t- not good enough to for the kids for the beautiful children that i got to hang out with like it feels bad that mm-hmm. it feels like i did not it feels like i did not do good work even as i worked my ass off because i didn't have the training to be really great at it but um but i do think you know people who, the people who want to get into it i for the most part are really lovely and have the best intentions then again you know that's in herb you know urban highly concentrated areas and then again and again it's frowned upon but people don't like teachers Mm -hmm. they're thought of it's thought of as like an easy sort of babysitting stodgy sort of job and i think that's because it's kind of and this can sound shit it's not hard to be a teacher the way we have the system set up it's insanely hard i got i'm saying it's not hard to become one Oh yeah, it's not hard to become one. But I had my nose broken like my first week teaching, and like another, I have I've had four of my ribs broken by kids, and the climb is hard. It's and like they don't prepare work. you for that. No. <laughs> and, and no school that teaches teachers how to teach is preparing them for the shit that is actually going to happen to you when you become a teacher. I and mean, I think maybe that's some. Why. I think like in England there are really good teacher education yeah i mean i'm talking in america it's it's not well it's the you know it's not necessarily respected as like a job where uh where such a i mean i got five weeks in tempe arizona that's that's a good 
that's a good example of like you can't it just isn't that's not acceptable when you're talking about like the future <laughs> well also oh. d- like yeah i think i think there's a big stigma with like teachers almost the way with lawyers where it's like oh you're a lawyer you don't care about anybody you're right. a monster and it's like i mean we've had we had a lawyer on the podcast who talked about losing sleep at night over cases that weren't about murder or anything like that. They were about intellectual property and he's still losing sleep because he's like, this person works so hard. They have their work stolen. This person's making more money off of it than they could make off of it. And he's losing sleep. These people obviously have conscious, you know, like consciences and, and everything like that. And I think one of the things with teachers, like you're also, you're also talking from the perspective of adults to teachers and not necessarily from most important in, uh, perspective of, of kids to teachers where it's like when I look at back at my teachers, I the only teachers that I felt were bad were the ones that were meanest to me. Like that, like that was my criteria. Like it wasn't even, it was like I had two teachers in my entire career of like, you know, elementary, middle high school, college, and then some special classes I took to learn other things I wanted to learn. So out of all those people that ever taught me anything, I only had two people that I felt like were bad teachers and it was because they were mean to me. Like it's like, you're, you, I mean, you're talking about kids who like aren't, in the moment necessarily assessing right. your ability to teach them the thing they're yeah, trying to learn. I, the only you know? teachers I didn't like were ones who were mean to me too. And then as a teacher looking back, I'm like, oh, maybe that was okay. Like maybe I just – what I, that person cared about me in a different way. And that didn't work on me because I like to be cuddled and flattered and told how great I am. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, then fuck you. Yeah. But uh, it, might, it actually might work on some kids. Like kids ha- all have different ways in which they learn. And yeah. so that's the benefit of having lots of great teachers. And that's the problem with the, like bringing it back to this like very streamlined – all education sort of it's funny charter schools were supposed to be highly individualistic endeavors they've turned into copy machines uh, for the school to prison pipeline where they're really teaching kids how to go to prison in urban community i mean this is the economists say that out it's Mm -hmm. not it's not a conspiracy theory but you know people get a lot of money from prisons and young black males go to prison and so schools are really good at teaching kids to be quiet during lunch and walk in straight quiet lines so that they can go to prison and that is not acceptable so they can be bred or prison yeah i mean it's very it's very it's a very that's very sad and it's not okay Mm-hmm. And it sucks that we're teaching teachers to teach kids that well, they don't know. Teachers don't know that that's what we're teaching them. They think, oh, it's really you'll hear, oh, it's really important for all kids to have like a lot of structure. Well, yeah, and some structure, sure, but it's different kids need different things, and that's just the bottom line. So I was lucky to get to teach special education because you get to kind of bend everything around. And the structure was also made by people who like that's that's one of the funniest things to me. There's a there's a parallel that I see with people that are adults in relation to young people where it's like I the another reason that I could never be a teacher is that I don't have the patience it requires but like one one thing I see a lot of times where now I'm having more and more friends that are having kids and like the ones that had kids younger than this and their kids are like manageable ages now to like babysit where you're not going to kill them like five and six and stuff like that and sometimes their kid will be like acting up or something like freaking out and they like don't seem to know what to do and it's like of course you don't know what to do you never had a kid before this is your first kid but another part of me in my head is like do what you turned out fine right do whatever your parents did like do like do that thing and maybe that wasn't the most pleasant thing but like maybe that'll at least hold you over and uh, for a little while so 
it's like you have, I mean, and I think the same thing happens when people are creating what young people are going to learn. It's like people who don't need to know that thing anymore, who feel like they've been properly educated and this is what they did for me. Or I have this new, great, innovative idea on how to teach and so we're going to do that, even though that's also never been done before. So now you're experimenting with people. Does that make sense? Like, it's like the people creating the structure are people who are like outside of the bubble of that structure. Sometimes. Yeah. It sort of depends. The structure is like, not to like give away too much of my liberal bias, but like the structure is very white supremacist. It's very like, um, <clears throat> there's a capital on urgency and a capital on numbers and a capital on like uh, a certain type of achievement and there's only one type of good job and you can't like art is not valued and like that that feels very very Mm -hmm. true to me and that's ancient in our sort of western world because well we could talk history for hours but we don't have time (laughs) but yeah I, i i don't know i because i always get nervous about that i mean that's 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 my whole like reservation on having a kid where like I had this conversation with my mom a while back where she was talking about me having kids one day I was like oh I don't think that's gonna happen I didn't say I wasn't gonna have kids I just like oh I don't think so was your mom a good mom yeah she was a great mom she how is she doing is she healthy yeah she's fine you should probably have kids now so that if it goes badly you can just give them to her Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Holy shit, I didn't yeah, think of that. Yeah, you didn't think about the part we, where you're going to be a terrible father. Yeah, she we, we, no, no, no. I thought I told her for an hour about what a terrible father <laughs> I'd be. I didn't think that I could also give them to her yeah, to actually be raised. Them. Right, yeah, because, like, I— As soon as you fuck up, she'll be like, oh, give me. Yeah, yeah, just, oh, like, I want someone else in the house besides this dog. <laughs> that's gonna die in five years yeah. you know like i yeah i need some company find, find a, a palatable young woman to spread your seed within yeah quickly. that also doesn't care enough <laughs> about me to like to like let me uh like keep the kid but also is like right. wants the kid away from me uh even though i have no like 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 erratic violent behavior and she'll like a woman that will want me to give the kid to my mom but will also let me put the kid in her for a long right. time we're looking for a very specific type. The there. most. I don't, know if, I don't know if that's going to be on the Tinder. The most yeah. specific you can, you type of surrogate. You can see if someone listening to the podcast will comment. Guys, mm-hmm. we need comments for Josh's future uh, baby mama. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that thank can also mom. just they'll go straight to my mom though. Um, like, yeah, like keep in mind Josh has a really good mom. So yeah, right. I have like if a really. If he's a bad dad, don't worry. She was a better mom than I am a person. So that is just a testament to like how shitty I was to where I actually fought her good parenting to be the person that I am now, which is a person that like can barely hold a conversation uh, in public. That's a, that's an achievement I would say for you. Yeah. I'm crushing it as far as being a bad barriers in all areas. I'm willing to admit the person that I am. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I feel bad for my mom. (laughs) Cause like, like she was like, why wouldn't you have kids? And I was like, I don't know a thing. I don't know enough about a thing. If they asked me anything other than the dictionary definition of that thing, I'd have to be like, uh, I don't know. I can barely divide. Why would I have a kid? Like, why? Like, I think that is the, I, I don't know. I, I have a weird, kind of maybe weird views on kids, but I don't think that you have to know really anything to have a good kid. I think you just you have don't. to. You just have to be honest. I yeah. agree if with the kid that. Says, if the kid says, hey, what is this? The worst thing you can do is tell him something you don't know to be true. If well, you say, I don't know, let's look it up, then the kid's learning that when you have a problem, mm-hmm. you look it up. 
as opposed to all oh, the kids screaming. Oh, let's just hit him until he stops. All right, well, what's the kid learning? He's learning Most that solving problems with violence. When you hit them. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. When you teach a kid to solve a problem with violence, what you can't be, you can't expect anything other than him. However, other when you that. teach a kid to solve a problem with violins, then, then you get him at the Kennedy Center in a year. Oh my God! Full circle. That was that was amazing. <laughs> that's that's my favorite thing. That oh my God. I feel like if I had to spank my kid, I'd just throw up on the back of my kid's head. Like, if my kid were over my knee and I was going to spank him, the first time I hit him and he screamed, I would probably throw up. That's on his, the on his butt, not on his head. I, I would try to not do it on his head, but yeah, probably on his butt. Right like on his I, butt. I'm, I'm, you don't have to spank anyone unless she really wants you to. Yeah, if she asked me, I would I would do it, and I would like I would hopefully not throw up, I you know. I don't think I, that's who I am. I think the, what you, something you said is really important, which is that I think that like when working with children and this like comes back to education, the most important thing is that you're honest and um, and that's sort of what makes a really good teacher is a person who's honest about like whatever it is that is their truth. And I, I want to teach inside a system where that's possible. Uh, and currently the kind of system in New Orleans is one in which like you get can get fired for not for teaching your your way and that's where i think no matter because the institution if you want to make a public school institution would have to be so big i think because it would have to be so big you almost can't have a system that works at that size yeah i mean that's true it is true that like the public school system is also flawed it's not to say this is a perfect school system but there are places in the world where public education is working and there's like some just key differences and like one of them has to do with work day like giving teachers a lot enough time to plan so for example like i would get to work at 6 30 in the morning the kids would get there at 7 the kids would leave at 3 30 i'd have what like 40 minutes for lunch and planning in mm-hmm. there and the rest of it's like you're on your feet working the whole day so i'm at school then from 3 30 to 7 30 or 8 at night planning for it and prepping for the next day and that's not sustainable so of course you're getting to a lot of teacher burnout and like veteran teachers are not going to teach in that environment you you yeah. can get like young white college kids to yeah do because that they don't know years. what is valuable they'll right. do it for two years and that's it's the beauty of teach america like they'll do it for two years and then they will be done with that it is too much work for anyone so that so schools shouldn't expect that there there needs to be like a system in place where that's not how we treat human beings uh, but uh, but it's complicated because there's just like oh we got to fix this now we don't have a lot of money so we have to get you know stretch teachers as thin as we can well you know the pockets of those CEOs are pretty deep they probably find some money <laughs> there's just got to be some money out there my that seems like uh, but I think the best way to get the money out of the pockets of the CEOs is to I don't know, because, because if you can't, because any public school system is going to be, you have to put the test in. And then as soon as you put the test in, you mandate certain criteria for the teacher to hit, and then you mandate everything from there. Well, it's a, yeah. So what if the whole thing was just like fucking tutor system? Well, the that- teacher is the tutor, and then the, the value of the teacher is in how much, it, it's basically, and not, I don't, not like free market solution, but it's kind of like, you don't, you you're not, yeah, like, like it would encourage the teacher to be awesome. It is because like then that. you would have to. No, it is like that. It, in the private school system, it seems like it's just the longer the teacher is there, 
longer the teacher is there, what? The, the more the more they get paid, the more the more their value is attributed to them. And so, it seems like that's the so only way that a good te- the only way a good teacher is rewarded is if they just keep doing the same thing. Well, okay, I um, I don't. The only school system that I have worked inside, it were one of the, the tenets was you got paid more if your overall growth from like you know if if like Kimberly got a sixty percent on the test at the beginning of the year, yeah, and then she gets a ninety percent on the test at the end of the year, uh, uh, then you would get paid more than if Kimberly got a ninety percent at the beginning of the year and a hundred percent of the like right. it's it's a growth amount, and I think that is troubling because the the of the nature of standardized tests in general, which like don't actually show all the growth that kids are right. are, are putting forth, um, and. And who who should be the one judging the growth in the kid? Well, that's a really difficult question. I think I think it's I I don't think it is. I think it's the parent. But not every parent situation is, is good, equal. Right. Like I mean, there's a lot of parents who are working several jobs and like and are not around their kids very often. There's also parents who like are you know the kid is in an abusive environment. There are also parental situations where like. You know, they don't know what to do with their kid. Yeah, and there's also, like, the, like, almost like that little house on the prairie situation where the kid maybe wants to be a writer or something and wants to keep going to school, and their parents like, he only needs to learn how to farm. He'll go to school for, till third grade, and then he'll be done, and then he'll farm. And it's like, if, I mean, if, if it's based on the parents, like, like, the, I mean, this kid is like a whole other person outside of the parent, you know, like a lot, I don't know, like a lot, like, like, I don't know, even when I, even when there's like, like a parts and rec joking, like, like, like city council thing, that's like a PTA meeting in a show or a movie, Mm -hmm. I still always get like blown away and frustrated and wonder how much of that is real of these parents that are treating, you know, like their kid, like they're this extension of their own ego where they're like, well, my kid needs to be the smartest. You need to start teaching this well, other thing. Well, we've like, decided, well, I mean, we have, no. the Supreme Court has basically decided that children have, uh, the only rights of children are, are what their parents give them. They, well, and they did it, they, these, these, what was it, the Amish. They, the Amish were pulling their kids out of school in whatever, like fourth grade. Yeah. And the, the city sued them. And they were like, you can't do that to your kids. That's whatever, whatever. And the parents, Yoders, they won. And it was like, we get to control whatever we want in our kids. And uh, never for even one second was it a thought that the kids got to control what they wanted. I mean, it's 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 that's all it's all very complicated. <laughs> it, I, the, the bottom line is like everybody is suffering. Everyone wants to be successful. Like everyone really thinks they're doing the right thing. Really, I think ninety nine point nine percent of people think they're doing the right thing. And um, and yeah, the children are small, and so they don't have loud enough voices, and that sucks for kids. <laughs> They, I mean, like they, they don't have a, a lot of rights. It's hard to be a child. Do you think you're gonna continue teaching, or do you think yeah. you're, yeah, yeah? But right now, I'm not doing that for a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about teaching in New Orleans. It's a very scary place, and also the kids are wonderful there, and there's a lot of wonderful teachers there, and just like there are wonderful teachers and kids everywhere, I assume. But there are also some things that are very troubling and things that are great they just opened the first therapeutic school in new orleans this year and that is really cool and exciting to me it's like a place for specifically for kids 
who have emotional behavioral disturbances to like go to school and do yoga and like play <laughs> with clay and the facility's really lovely and teachers are really nice and that's good that New Orleans needs that because the because when you experience a great deal of trauma the way you function in the world is different like you don't oh, yeah. you just don't react to normal like if someone asks you to diagram a sentence and you have had a, a severe amount of trauma you it's not doesn't feel the same as when like you asked me to diagram a sentence i think oh fine like you feel attacked and and like your adrenaline's high all the time and it's, you fucks up your brain yeah so you, i think you know that's that's a whole other topic there's a lot of trauma in new orleans tough place to to be a kid but also a great place because mardi gras is fun not just boobs and alcohol mm -hmm. they throw stuffed animals at you yeah like a lot of them there's like, a lot of cake too oh, like king cake is great there's a lot of cake mm -hmm. there's a lot of outfits yeah yeah the alexandria mardi gras is dog shit i'm like it was bad yeah it was really bad we accidentally joined one year because we were trying to get through it we were trying to get around it and someone left one of the barricades open so then we took a left and we were like in it <laughs> and it was the most horrifying like people were like screaming at our car and then a couple of people you could tell wondered why we were in and we looked like assholes because we looked like we tried to do that and then we couldn't get out of it for three <laughs> miles and so we were just in there like i don't have a th i don't have any i'm sorry that's not like a you good know? reason to say that the mardi gras was bad oh no it was bad when i was a kid <laughs> like that was just one that was one year which was our fault that was not that's on us but like i i remember going one time and like it was like every float spent like it was like every crew spent all their money on their float and then had nothing to throw so it was just like they might as well have been throwing sacks and nickels at everybody which would still have been better than what they were throwing they like threw toys that broke immediately like that broke when they hit the ground so it's like they were kind of throwing ceramic toys at a, it was it was it was that and then uh one time it was all like candy that was like knockoff of knockoff jolly rancher so it was like what is a knockoff of a jolly rancher uh just like sugar water with color in it like probably the worst thing to put in Happy your body farmers oh yeah <laughs> it would be funny if it had the name of like happy um thrilled hoers like happy german <laughs> like happy german shepherd like happy just having fun i i did not enjoy it <laughs> and then my fun. and my parents took me <laughs> every year because it was, it was free and we were poor so they were like here's entertainment for the day this will yeah. be great and it never was and i was um, i was always scared of getting trampled but i never told my mom because she seemed to be having a good time so i was like i don't want to fuck this up for her but i think someone's gonna step on me but um, you weren't stepped on no i was totally not stepped on but it was just that apparent like like, I didn't have an awareness of being eight and being smaller than these adults, but I did have this, like, I didn't get to be in a lot of crowds mm. until I got to junior high. Because mm -hmm. even my my elementary school had 60 to 72 people in, in it, including the teachers. So it really had, like, 60 students, maybe, or something. Mm. Uh, and so w when I was in crowds when I was little, I was like, what is this? Is this all the people that there are? Or why, why are they all here? And then... I get pushed a little and then freak out in my head quietly. Like, I never screamed or anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just what I'm like. I love crowds now. I love, like, when I was in New York and I was just getting bumped by people. And when I was at Pride here, I was, like, having the best time because I was like, all the people are happy or all the people are going the same direction. It's almost like a river. It's, it's nice. I found that any place that doesn't have crowds, I don't trust. 
now. Yeah, like when you get a, to a restaurant with a date and it's just the two of you, and it's like you could lie to her that you rented out for the two of you, but then any minute someone could walk in and sit down and she'd be like, what the fuck? Right. Um, but also that's a weird thing to do for a first date because then it would no, just be like, I don't like, think so. I no, want... it would be. It would totally be weird. That if someone weird, was like, yeah. hey, I rented out this restaurant for our date, I would be like, bye. Yeah, I, I only <laughs> want there to be yeah, one no, I'd witness. Be out of there. So... No, one witness of me killing you is all I want. You I know, like, like no, that, it's, that's what it, it seems like. That's not what it seems like. You don't think so? No, no. What it seems like is that you're trying way too hard for a first date. It's like you, you want your first yeah. date to be someone who's like, happy and has made a plan and like is ready for the date but you don't want it to seem like they've invested a great deal of time energy or money just in case like if it goes badly you don't want to feel like a dick so so Mm -hmm. you you don't you don't want someone to be too into your date you want them to be just into it enough eye contact is way better than a rented out restaurant get that tattooed on your uh, Josh, are you taking notes? Like on my chest, yeah, <laughs> tattoo on my chest. Eye contact is way better. I won't break it ever. Just <laughs> keep doing great. Well, uh, my name is Josh Johnson. I don't know shit about special education or teaching or being in New Orleans. So I'm so grateful that I had Sophie Johnson on today. Thank you so much for coming. It was so my pleasure. Thank you. I'm sorry. Can I just apologize? No. That, what, no, well, to any... Because I did say some things that will offend some really nice people. I'm sorry that I offended you, nice people. Oh, okay. Well, no, I think All you're the fine. Nice people. Yeah. Nice and smart you. people. You know, no. People get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I liked, I liked it. Sweet.